Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. Hello once again. So glad to be with you today. I'm going to be sharing Matthew chapter 2. If you do have your Bible, your phone, your tablet, however you would like to follow along, I'm going to be there mostly with a few other verses in between. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for today, and we thank you that Jesus came to the world. We thank you for your birth, your death, your resurrection. In this time of year, we just celebrate your birth, your coming to the world. Angels, it says, rejoiced. Glory to God in the highest. And we just pray that this season will bring hope to people's hearts, oh God. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I remember hearing this story I'm going to share with you um, a number of years ago. It actually happened in 2008. But the headline in this newspaper read, Missing Jesus. A baby Jesus was stolen from the First United Methodist Church's nativity in Catanning, Pennsylvania, and it was replaced with a pumpkin. Somebody had, a church had put up its nativity scene, the traditional idea that we have of a nativity scene, and replaced the baby Jesus in the manger with a pumpkin. And the headline of that said, Missing Jesus. And I remember that, and it caught my eye, and I think it ended up going viral. Uh, and how funny that people thought that that was, that there was this pumpkin in this manger. And, but even though many countries around the world and many people celebrate Christmas, they are missing Jesus the whole time. It has become less and less about cherishing the birth of Jesus and has become more about gifts, trees, Santa, and really cheesy Hallmark Christmas films. In the majority of homes that celebrate Christmas, Jesus is missing. It's just a celebration. It's just a day to get together with your family. It's just another day or a, a holiday, a day off of work. But Jesus is missing. Some give no thought to what the idea of Christmas even is. It'd be sort of like celebrating President George Washington's birthday without even believing that he was real or had ever even been born. Jesus is missing. Not that he's misplaced, but that he is missing from the hearts of men. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 through 14 says this, Then you will call upon me, And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. 
My question to you today, is Jesus missing in your life? Matthew one twenty one. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, that is, prevent them from failing and missing the true end and scope of life, which is God. Last week, I talked about how the light has come, that Jesus was the light born into the world. Today, we're looking at this idea of missing Jesus, and he prevents us from failing and missing the true end and scope of life, which is God. He's that light, just like a lighthouse would would prevent ships from crashing into the shore. He is our light. He is our beacon, and he's also our hope. But again, if you do have your Bible, we're looking at a chunk of scripture out of Matthew. I'm going to read verses 1 through 16. Do encourage you, as always, to take notes if you're able. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time that the star appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was commonly used as an anointing oil, frankincense as a perfume, and gold as a valuable item. The three gifts had a spiritual meaning. Gold is a symbol of kingship on earth. Frankincense and incense is a symbol of deity, and myrrh, an embalming oil, as a symbol of death. These weren't just haphazard gifts. They carried these for a long time from the east, and they traveled a great distance to follow this star, to follow this beacon that they saw a tremendous, significant event that happened. And they thought and brought these gifts 
Very interesting. Continuing on verse 12. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and he sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. It's interesting, too, as we go through this, that the angels were very involved. They were announcing this to Mary. They were announcing this to Joseph. They were announcing to shepherds. They're announcing to the Magi. They're announcing again to Joseph. They're very involved in this. But the name Jesus means Savior, and comes from the Hebrew name Yeshua, Joshua, meaning Jehovah is salvation. There were many Jewish boys with the name Joshua, Yeshua, but Mary's boy was called Jesus the Christ. The word Christ means anointed. It is the Greek equivalent of Hamashiach, Messiah. He is Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua Hamashiach. Jesus is his human name. Christ is his official title. And Emmanuel describes who he is. God with us. Jesus Christ is God. The king was born. But did anybody acknowledge his kingship? Yes. The magi from the east came and worshipped him. Shepherds came and gave him glory, along, it says, with a heavenly host. Everyone else, it seems, missed it. The word we look at here, magi, wise men, refers to a group of scholars who studied the stars. We know little about these men. Their title connects them with magic, magi, but they were probably more like astrologers. However, their presence in the Bible is not a divine endorsement of astrology. In fact, that is frowned upon. But God gave them a sign, a miraculous star that announced the birth of the king, capital K, the king of all kings. The star led them to Jerusalem, where God's prophets told them that the king would be born in Bethlehem. They went then to Bethlehem where they worshipped the Christ child. We do not know how many magi there were. From the gifts that are listed, some people have assumed that there were three kings from the east, although this is not certain. But when their caravan arrived into Jerusalem, there were enough of them to trouble the whole city. Keep in mind that these men were Gentiles. They were non-Jews. 
God's plan for Jesus was to be the savior of the world. These men were also wealthy, and they were scholars, scientists in their own right. But they were looking into the heavens. They were looking for an answer. They were looking to the stars, and they noticed something different. And that star, they somehow deduced a king was to be born, and they set in motion They did something about it. They sought to seek this king that was born. No one who follows the light God gives them will want to miss worshiping at the feet of Jesus. In Jesus Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. That's in Colossians 2. The Magi were seeking the king. But Herod was afraid of the king and wanted to destroy him. History says that Herod was a cruel and crafty man. It is no surprise that Herod tried to kill Jesus. For Herod alone wanted to bear the title king of the Jews. But there was another reason. Herod was not a full-blooded Jew. He was actually a descendant of Esau. This is a picture of the old struggle between Esau and Jacob that began even before the boys were born. It is the spiritual versus the flesh, the godly versus the worldly. The Magi came seeking the king. Herod was opposing the king, and the Jewish priests were ignoring the king. Note that these priests that they consulted knew the scriptures and pointed others to the Savior, but they would not go to worship him themselves. They quoted Micah chapter 5 verse 2, but did not obey it. They were five miles from the very Son of God. Remember, they were looking forward between the end of Malachi to the New Testament, 400 years lapsed, looking, waiting for their Messiah. They were five miles from him, and yet they did not go to see him. Yet the Gentiles sought the king and found him, but the Jews did not. Jesus said of the religious leaders that they themselves don't enter in and that they actually block others from entering in and worshiping God. The star led them to the house where Jesus was. By now, Joseph had moved Mary and the baby from the stable where the baby had been born. The traditional manger scenes that we have today with the shepherds and wise men are not true to Scripture, since the Magi arrived much later, up to two years later by some accounts, which is why it says the males were killed two years old and younger. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. And this is where the bread of life came to earth. Bethlehem in the Old Testament was associated with David, who was from there. Samuel anoints him there. Herod pretended that he wanted to worship the newborn king, when in reality he wanted to destroy him. God warned Joseph to take the child and Mary and flee to Egypt. Egypt was close. There were many Jews there, 
and the gifts received from the Magi would more than pay their expenses for traveling and living there. But there was also another prophecy to fulfill. Hosea 11.1, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod's anger led him to kill the boy babies, the male babies, two years old of age and under, who were still in Bethlehem. Now, we must not picture hundreds of little boys being killed, for there were not that many children of that age in a small village like Bethlehem. Even today, only about 20,000 people live there. It is likely that not more than 20 children were slain, but of course, one is too many. Satan is a liar and murderer, as was King Herod. He lied to the Magi and he murdered the babies. We can see this, the fingerprints of Satan, as he is constantly trying to kill the promise, just like he did in Moses' time. Remember, Pharaoh wanted all the male Israelite children killed, the babies killed. But God's promise comes forth. Herod died, in history says, around 4 BC, which means that Jesus was born sometime between 6 and 5 BC by most theological accounts. Archelaus was one of Herod's sons, and to him, Herod had willed the title of king. It is likely that they had been heading back to Bethlehem when they discovered that Archelaus was on the throne. Certainly, Joseph and Mary prayed, waited, and sought God's will. Common sense would have told them to be careful. Faith told them to wait. In due time, God spoke to Joseph in a dream, and he took his wife and her son to Nazareth, which had been their home earlier. Even this fulfilled prophecy. Once again, Matthew points out that every detail in the life of Jesus was foretold in the scriptures. It is important to note that Matthew did not refer to only one prophet, but instead instead says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of by the prophets, plural. Many prophecies were spoken about the coming Messiah. We will not find any specific prophecy that called Jesus a Nazarene, which not to be confused with the Nazarite vow that's described in the Bible that Samson and others took. The term Nazarene was one of reproach. Can there be any good thing that comes out of Nazareth? In many Old Testament prophecies, the Messiah's humble life of rejection is mentioned, and this may be what Matthew had in mind. The term Nazarene or coming from Nazareth, was applied both to Jesus and his followers, and he was often called Jesus of Nazareth. Perhaps Matthew, led by the Spirit, saw a spiritual connection between the name Nazarene and the Hebrew word Netzer, which means a branch or shoot. Several prophets apply this title to Jesus. Our Lord grew up in Nazareth and was identified with that city. In fact, his enemies thought that he had been born there, for they had said that he came from Galilee. Had they investigated the temple records, they would have discovered that he had, in fact, been born in Bethlehem. Who had ever heard of a king 
let alone capital K, king of all kings, being born in a humble village and growing up in a despised city. When we were able to visit Israel a few years ago, we actually were able to travel to Nazareth. And just the way the Bible kind of describes it, it was actually much larger than we had thought. Very interesting city. It was very neat to get to go there. In his day, many missed the hour of Messiah's arrival. The Jews were looking for a king with military force that would overthrow the Roman government that had them under their thumb. This idea of a baby being born was not the way anyone was expecting Messiah to arrive. Who would think for a minute that Almighty God, the creator of all things, would have so humble a birth? Who would have expected this? Friends, we too can miss Jesus. At times, what are we looking for? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to point us to the Father, to reconcile men back to God. He came to bridge that divide, that chasm, that sin that we had that separated us from God. And Jesus came to span that gap. We can miss him. Even in Christmas time, we can miss Jesus. But I say to you today, let us not miss him. He may come when we least expect it in a way that we might not see. Our Jesus is both Savior and Lord. Friends, today, if you have not come to faith, if you have not put your trust, your faith, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is who he said he was, we just invite you to Admit your sin. Friends, we're all sinners and we need a Savior. Admit that you're a sinner and need a Savior. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved He is the reason that we celebrate that he came, that he died, that he rose again, that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And I just would hope that you would not miss him at this time of year, that you would see him and that he would bring you hope. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Yeshua, God with us, that we can come to you. I just pray now for anyone, oh God, anyone that has got a a heavy heart, a sad heart at this time of year, God that's feeling lonely or discouraged, 
or depressed or anxious or fearful, I would pray that they would put their hope in you, that they would find you and trust you, and that you will be that light that shines in their hearts. I would pray that you would bring them that hope, that joy, that peace that only you can. And I pray that as we go through these next few weeks, and but that you will be glorified. Even as we look at singing carols and these Christmas songs, these words that were penned away in a manger, silent night, may we just truly worship you. May we have the posture of those wise men to just open up our hearts like they opened up their treasures and just worship at the feet of Jesus. May we give you glory, honor, and praise that is due your name. May we give you the glory as the king of all kings that we worship, that we adore, that we love. And I pray this in your name, in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.